Hello everyone, I'm Ryan Muhammad, a writer for Becker's Healthcare. Thank you so much for joining me today on the Becker's Pediatric Leadership Podcast as I speak with Dr. Stephen E. Lipsholtz, who wears several hats that he, were, that he will introduce shortly. But before that, I want to say, Doctor, it's so nice to meet you. How are you today? I'm doing well, thank you very much. Absolutely, well to begin, uh, would you please introduce yourself and tell us a bit about your background? Sure, I'm Stephen E. Lipschultz, and um, I am the A. Conger Goodyear Professor and Chair of the Department of Pediatrics at the University at Buffalo Jacobs School of Medicine and Biomedical Sciences. I'm also the Pediatric Chief of Service for Kaleida Health. I'm also the Medical Director of Pediatric Services Business Development for the John R. O'Shai Children's Hospital. I'm also the president and CEO of the UBMD Pediatrics Medical Group, um, also a consultant in pediatrics and cardio-oncology at the Roswell Park Comprehensive Cancer Center, and I'm the voluntary clinical professor of obstetrics and gynecology at the University of Buffalo Jacobs School of Medicine and Biomedical Sciences, all in Buffalo, New York. Wonderful. Well, it sounds like you have a lot of experience in this field, so I'm very excited to speak with you today. Um, the first question that I really want to ask you is, what are your top priorities today? My top priorities today are to ensure that the future of our children will be our legacy. In the United States today, over 75 million school-aged children are an abundant treasure. And while only 24% of the U.S. population, again, they're 100% of our future. And again, for me, uh, my top priority is their future. It will be our legacy. Yeah, absolutely. I definitely agree. And the next thing that I wanted to ask you is, how do you anticipate your role in teams will evolve over the next 18 months or so? My role evolving um, to build teams to lead to the best outcomes and care for children in, is multifaceted. I'll go over several examples. So first, uh, research is fundamental to improving the health of infants, children, and adolescents. And in recent decades, it's resulted in substantial progress in reducing deaths and improving the health-related quality of life worldwide, but many problems remain. So one of the areas that I focus on is prevention and implementation research. Um, and a continued and increased investment in research over the next period of time will be especially effective if it focuses on preventable conditions affecting our pediatric patients and emphasizes local health issues when findings are implemented. One of the other areas that we spend a lot of time focusing on are barriers of care. So as we try to do the best for kids uh, through discovery, um, we increasingly focus on improving the public and economic health of underserved populations and identifying conditions that predispose children and adolescents with, um, who are at risk for morbidity and mortality from a lot of childhood diseases. 
And what we really, um, what I'm really increasingly focusing on, and I think we need to more in this field in general over the next period of time, is a real paradigm shift from cost containment to avoiding unnecessary suffering and premature death. I think that'll be key. And in terms of future directions that I see uh, where I'm focusing um, and as a field, um, I think that uh, focusing increasingly on precision genetic and genomic medicine and personal health history to one, create therapies for individual patients, including gene-based therapies, is a big part over the next five years where pediatric medicine is going. Two, uh, to enhance preventive medicine to transform my health system and other health systems around the country from illness to prevention and wellness by better understanding disease modifiers, things that really can change the outcome of a disease that a child might have. And, um, and three, learning how to manage a lot of the diseases that affect children um, and, uh, and manage them as chronic illnesses so we can have children achieve their best potential in the community. And I think one of the areas that really um, is where we've really made some headway and where we need to continue is really looking at quality and outcome improvement research. In my case, I've been privileged to be part of teams that have been multi-center learning collaboratives uh, for children with chronic illnesses. And, um, and we have a future set of um, opportunities using rigorous and meaningful comparative data to initiate targeted improvement projects using data dashboards and learning scorecards and enhanced systematic understanding of how can we improve performance components of care that may generate effective organizational learning and quality improvements and how to evaluate the success of these. And this is so important since determinants of health well-being and disease exist in our communities around the country for children with diseases, and that's where they should be addressed, in the community. And a paradigm shift where health is our outcome is what's really important. I think another area that becomes really important increasingly over the next few years in pediatric medicine, um, especially in some of our intensive care units and, and emergency rooms is um, advances um, in artificial intelligence. We've increasingly gone to electronic health records, technologic ability to manage big data, measuring omics and new imaging modalities. And the precision medicine and drug discovery are well suited to artificial intelligence methodologies such as deep learning because similar patients can be assessed and stratified. And I think there's just so many opportunities um, and potential applications of deep, deep learning for la large data sets, even for developing new drugs for kids for pharmaceutical research. And an essential part to me of this precision medicine paradigm 
is to do individualized therapy based on genotype-phenotype coupling and pharmacogenomic profiles. So that's where artificial intelligence algorithms to support the use of predictive analytics and artificial intelligence-based clinical decision support applications for decision-making invariably over the next few years is going to lead to a more informed clinical environment to ensure that our high-risk pediatric patients are monitored appropriately to enhance both the efficiency of care but also improve its quality. And uh, the potential to me exists for artificial intelligence to discern mechanisms leading to, um, you know, improved um, health for these children with chronic illnesses, especially of a genetic origin, with new prevention targets and cured. Another area that I know I'm focusing and my colleagues are is advocacy. And to me, there's a tremendous, relatively untapped set of opportunities to create synergy between our many world-class partners in this field, a dynamic interaction between our clinical care and research entities with policymakers, advocacy groups, and funding institutions um, is essential if we're going to ensure that infant and children um, um, are going to get the kind of new discoveries and implementation of those as a top priority um, at the same time where we're committed to teaching and training the future um, child health care professionals. And, and to me, this over the next decade may really enable us, if we do more advocacy, to accelerate how research advances over the next decade can help ensure that future generations of children have a healthier life than those who have gone before. And I think another one of my goals um, moving forward, and we sort of live this every day, is one of my mentors once said to me, treat each day as your last and each patient as your first. And I'm reminded daily by those um, words that um, to have the um, push to have us really advocate that our child health providers continuously embrace this promise to our patients to be tough-minded but soft-hearted professionals who um, in many cases have taught us all what life is all about. And, and so, and, and probably my last thing that I think about all the time is, is teamwork. In, in child health, um, especially having gone through a pandemic, it's become increasingly apparent that the collective work of so many um, has really um, embraced our ability to strive daily to achieve the highest quality of life for children with these diseases that were entrusted in their care, and it's a privilege to do so. So um, those are where I see the priorities for me personally and for a number of my colleagues in this field as we try to um, do more for children with illnesses and those with health to keep their health.
Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for sharing, you know, what you're focusing on and what you're spending a lot of time on. Um, and before I let you go, doctor, I wanted to ask, what are you excited about right now? And also, what is making you nervous in your field? <clears throat> I'm excited about the idea that um, we are really unraveling the things that helped that help predict good health over a lifespan more and more. And, um, and what I am nervous about is um, the ability to implement those in ways that we can assess that we are making a positive impact. A lot of the barriers that exist um, really are more structural barriers rather than scientific barriers. So again, that's where, as I mentioned before, having teamwork, having advocacy, and, and really having data-driven policies um, are what is gonna really, again, help the next generation be healthier than the current generation. And so often in the child health community, um, others, um, or speaking and guiding policies, resource allocation, and um, and uh, and those have direct effects on outcomes um, that we are so passionate about. So that's what I'm excited about right now, and what makes me nervous. Great, thank you so much for those final thoughts, Doctor. That is all I have for you today. So I do want to thank you for speaking with me. And to those listening, if you want to hear more about Becker's Healthcare, please visit our website, Beckershospitalreview.com. Thank you again, Doctor. Thank you. Have a good day. You too.